You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Hello and welcome along to the Content Academy podcast. My name is Paul Caffrey. I am joined as ever by Philip McGrath and today is going to be a really, really educational episode. Phil, how's it going? I'm ready to learn. Ready to learn? You brought your pen, pencil, making notes, you know, you have your school bag on your back. You hear clicking? That's my pen. I got my notepad here. Plenty of notes going to be taken today from Lindsay Padilla. Um, Lindsay is actually a teacher. Uh, by Professor, tra- no less. Professor, by trade. Mm. Um, but she helps entrepreneurs translate their gifts and experience into student, uh, student-centered digital courses and content. So basically what that means is Lindsay helps her clients understand what it is they're teaching and the best way to convey that. So not only do their students learn quicker but are also able to get the message and complete their courses well, i think what's key is you know anybody you know a lot of people know stuff uh, and a lot I of people stuff. are now going i know stuff i'm going to make an <laughs> online course and then they might know their topic really well and they make an absolutely awful online course uh, and what i suppose what's was really interesting about Lindsay and what's really interesting about this podcast is she actually gets down to the nitty-gritty of what makes a good and a bad course using her i suppose empirical experience and empirical evidence that she's gathered from her days as a teacher uh, and so that actually translates really really well so if you are looking at possibly considering doing a course a mini course or a full-blown signature course this is an episode you absolutely have to listen to because some of the information that gets dropped is just it's just spectacular it's really really actionable and you'll just kind of go oh well Oh, I should have known that already. That's that's brilliant. So I suppose without further ado, let's hand things over uh, to Lindsay uh, and then we'll talk at the end about all of the, the cool stuff that we think is, is really, really valuable. Yes, so as I said, we have Lindsay Padilla on the line from lindsaympadilla.com. How the hell are you, Lindsay? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, can't complain. Great to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and speak to us today. And I know we're going to get a lot of valuable insight when it comes to teaching our tribes is really what we're focusing Mm. on today. So I'm eager to talk to you about that. Um, But before we get into it, you might give our audience a bit of background where you started and what you're at now. Oh, yeah. Um, So it's been quite a journey um, that is really actually only within this past year. So I actually started with an MLM, and that's what got me into entrepreneurship. Um, I think I started listening to Amy Porterfield's podcast. um, And once I realized that, yeah, there was something bigger than the MLM structure, and I was like, I kind of want to do this myself. I don't want to rely on any company producing products and you know, their advertising and stuff like that. So it's been a process. And since January um, is when I really started to work on my own, um, my own business. And actually, in January, I thought it was going to be in health and fitness, I was going to work on self care for entrepreneurs. And it didn't happen until April of this last um, month. So it's been about a month and a half that I went to the 90 day year conference, I was a part of Todd Herman's 90 day year. And at that conference, just the networking and being around other entrepreneurs, I was pitching myself as a self-care coach and uh, an entrepreneur asked a really interesting question about, we were talking about uh, students and e-courses and the problem with students not finishing the courses. And and as a professor, um, I kind of had some insight on that. And she's like, huh, you know, you should really help me out with my e-course. And it was like light bulbs, you know, flashing lights. What are you doing? Like, how have you not thought of this? So yeah, in my day job, you know, for the last um, 10 years, I've been um, an adult educator and all my, I have a, I have a doctorate, I have a master's degree, I, I teach at a community college. I teach online. I've taught online for five years. Um, I don't know how it it just didn't hit me like that. I actually have a skill set that entrepreneurs need. Um, and so once that happened, I left that conference and it was just, you know, the flood of purpose and direction and excitement. excitement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the excitement. That's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think once once you get that. Once the realization hits home and that excitement of 
oh my god and yeah. you, just, you, you can't get you can't get to a pen and paper or a computer quick enough to just oh, start exactly. brain dumping everything. Everything, um, yep, yep. And it's great. And it's funny you mentioned the dropout rate for online courses because this is something, mm. Paul, was it our last podcast or the one before? We were, yeah, I think we've recorded so many podcasts be released at the same yet, time. So yeah, it came up recently anyway. Um, and I think the dropout rate for online courses is 96%. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, um, which was astonishing when when I heard it. But uh, hopefully, we might be able to close that gap somewhat for our audience and help them keep a hold of their mm. uh, their clients and their uh, their students and oh, get them all ideas. the way through. Excellent I have stuff. Ideas. Well, yeah. I tell you what. Well, let's bump straight into it. In terms of obviously planning out your content that's the biggest mm. hurdle i think most people have in terms of getting started is planning it out as in what way you're going to structure it and how many modules there might be and what's contained within each module have you any advice for our listeners there who are looking to do something like that yeah definitely and i'm i'm working on an opt-in right now that's the other thing you know um with my own content and teaching my own tribe i feel like i have so much to share so i have just this list of um content i personally want to get out myself um but yeah that's that's pretty much you know number one problem number one problem i'm seeing is um or what's basically the the hurdle i should say between an entrepreneur launching an e-course or even a, a group program is how do I pull information from what I do one-on-one, -on -one, right? And a lot of the coaches I work with have been doing this for a few years. So they have years of experience and they have hundreds of clients. And they're like, how do, you know, one-on-one -on -one is such a unique experience. How do I turn that into a course so I can teach someone something? And so and would that be a case, sorry, Lindsay, yeah. to cut across you, would that be a case no, that please. you're now looking to help people trade, people who would, would normally have worked on a kind of, you know, money for hours scenario where one-on-one -on -one you get paid for the hours you're there. Now they're trying to diversify and do the same thing where they're not trading their time for money. Exactly. The, the push to leverage their time. Um, I also feel so a lot of a lot of the clients I, I speak to and work with are, are nervous that this course thing is going to pass them by. Mm. So they're also starting to feel very anxious that they can't produce a course like it's, you know, everyone is doing it type yeah, of thing. Yeah. So yeah. so they're nervous about, you know, being able to teach their tribe, but also being able to do it well. Um, I think because the e-course um, uh, market is is a little flooded, I would say, and people have been burned, if you will, by courses that yeah, they thought yeah. were getting something and they aren't. And I'm I'm hearing a lot of talk in Facebook groups, you know, that um, you know I have too many courses that I haven't finished. I'm going to put it on hold. So there is this little bit of okay, if I'm going to develop a course, is anyone going to buy it? Because there's too many courses. So that's where I think when I have that conversation, you know, with my clients, it's like, you do have to differentiate yourself from people that are already out there, but you also have to deliver a really good course. And I think hiring somebody or working with somebody that can actually help you plan your content that is a teacher or has te the teacher kind of um, mentality that I've been training on for the last 15 years, um, we can kind of help you cut to the chase. I think the model that's out there right now, what, you know, the big gurus are telling people to do is, oh, just put out a beta course and learn from those first students. Well, the problem with the beta courses, especially if they're free, is the people that sign up for them have no investment whatsoever. They didn't give you any money. No so they show the up. There's no yeah, skin in the very, game. Very they show up and they have this, like, they might have a judgment on your course or they might not do anything at all. So are they really, truly the people you want to be targeting? So I think a, a lot of the downfall is, oh, I just need to put something out there because, you know, fail and improve. Part of that is true. But if the people that are in the course are telling you that you're doing it wrong, but they might not even be your tribe or they not, might not even be the people that you're trying to help, you, you already have a problem. And so people stop because they think they have a bad class because maybe they got some bad reviews or, or whatever. So my advice to my clients is, first of all, charge something. You definitely shouldn't charge full price. So give them, you know, a discount. But you need to charge something because you want people who are going to actually do the course. 
My other, I, my other advice is, is yeah, if you hire somebody, um, you can turn out a course that you feel comfortable charging someone with. And even as an instructor myself, who's been teaching for years, I still every semester ask my students what worked with the class and what didn't. And we do it at the, at the middle of the semester and the end of the semester. And there's not a semester I haven't done that. So I'm always improving. So I'm not saying that, you know, spending a lot of time on your course or really thinking about it from a teacher's perspective um, is going to solve it and the beta is going to be like perfect. No, like the good instructor is always making changes based on what their students need. Uh, there's so many different ways we could go with this. It's quite interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I mean, there is, I suppose, another piece of nervousness which um, I've personally come across is I know a couple of people who are experts in their field and, you know, they kind of already have, you know, a real world class that they're teaching and I've got those one-to-one -one clients and, and they don't want to put anything online because they think those clients are actually going to use the online world instead of them which you know simply isn't the case um, but I suppose when it comes down to it I see um, a lot of various types of courses you know so there's there's some which are maybe just you know recorded videos there's some which are uh, maybe it's kind of six week kind of set kind of classroom tutorial mm -hmm. types um, uh, and then there's others which you know are, are pretty much just kind of gamified kind of um, exercises that you kind of complete um, and I suppose if you're looking at, at doing a course you know what what is the, the typical layout which actually works best for mm -hmm. teacher and for student I guess online yeah, I've I've actually am grappling with this and working on a blog post because I there's there's some there's some issues right now with what what I'm seeing is that there's some people who want passive income and want to just create a course a super you know simple entry level um, like you mentioned like videos with probably worksheets that's pretty typical. Yeah. Some people do audio. Um, you know, first advice right off the bat, you do want to vary the type of content that you give to your students because different students learn, um, you know, in different ways. So some people like audio, some people like videos, some people really want a transcript. Um, worksheets are always really good, just a guided kind of, um, you know, uh, process that you can walk some someone through. Um, but what I do think is kind of missing, back to that layout question, what I do think is kind of missing is interactivity um, within the e-course. And so the back to the passive income idea, you know, some people do literally want to just sell an ebook or a course that they don't have to monitor at all. And yeah. I think, and that's fine. And there's no, there's no judgment in that. I, I think where I get a rub, and this is the educator coming into the entrepreneur space, is it's like, well, you're not really teaching. You just gave an info product. Like I could write a book and teach you something. And if I finish, if you finish the book, great. If you don't, it doesn't matter because I, I don't know. I'm not involved in it. I'm not guiding you through the book. So, nor, nor do they we, care, let's be honest. Yeah, nor do they care. And so that's fine. Gr create a course and like let it just go. If you really care about the students getting results, though, you need to show up a little more than that. And so like I teach online and yes, I have a lot of the class automated, but I'm there. I'm popping in discussion forums. I'm answering emails. The students are going through like at a pace. I'm teaching like I'm guiding them through the process. So that to me is a course. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't have a course that someone buys and then um, this, the person's there and it lasts 16 weeks and let's say maybe you don't finish because of life that, you know, that that's not a bad thing. I think I just I get I get uh, I, I think the live aspect of it is really what makes a teacher and a student relationship. But there's yeah. still some. Yeah, but there's still some problems, though, with even the way that that's, you know, being done online. So the layout, the, I, I think. It needs a little more interactivity with the teacher. The teacher does need to be guiding them because that's how students succeed. The way I look at it is you're going to always have A students. And if you're an A student, if you remember back to your college days, um, you know. I think I was one just, of those. Right? Yeah. <laughs> 
If you remember back to your college days, the, the A students were getting A's, whether or not most likely the teacher was there at all, <laughs> which is sad. And, um, you know, you could hand a textbook to a student and if you gave them tests, the student wanted to do the work, they would. Yeah. But that's not what education is, right? So that's not like the guiding. We're not catching the C and the D students. And that's where, you know, if you say that the pass rate is 4% in an in a online e-course, then we have a serious problem. We're not catching the C and D students. There's something bigger than just motivation to finish it. And I think a lot of the gurus position themselves, well, I'm a guru and I'm just telling you what to do. It's your job to do it. And then they leave it at that. Mm. And I, I think there's something missing. Yeah, I'd agree. And I suppose it's a little bit sometimes, I mean, you can be flipping and go, well, this is how lectures are, are thought in college or in masters or, or whatever. Um, it's your responsibility to show up and pass the exam as such. So I, I kind of I kind of see a challenge. I have a friend who's building a course um, and she's been doing it. She's an, an online, well, she's she's an offline marketer, you know, a lot of experience, great writer as well. Um, uh, and the challenge that she outlined with the course that she's building is that um, she finds that people want to learn the content, but they don't have time. So what she's kind of struggling with is trying to gamify content into kind of 15 minute segments, I guess, or little 15 minute tutorials. She's kind of still padding that piece out. Um that's very different to college. That's quite different to anything I've experienced. Um, I mean, how do you see that? Is that something you just kind of set the expectation, enter in the course that, well, guys, you're going to have to give X amount of time to be successful? Uh, or have you kind of seen any other ways where you can actually get a, that valuable information over in, in a short period of time for people on courses? Yeah, that's a great question. And that is 100% supported by evidence. So, um, this is actually a conversation that's happening at the like, you know, university level and um, general education space or public education space um, is about the effectiveness of the lecture. Um, and so that's actually a conversation we've been having in education for 20 years. Um, okay. And so now that's that's being translated into entrepreneur space and people are starting to talk about it. And the way I we we kind of talk about it in education is the difference between a sage on the stage or a guide on the side. So a sage on the stage says, I have knowledge to impart to you. You have to listen and I will fill your empty brain with my knowledge. And it's your responsibility to, you know, come to class, yeah. take notes and to Good process work. it. Yeah. And do the work. And then the guide on the side is more, it's more of um, a journey. It's more of like engaging with the material. Um, and that's what I think with the online space, it's hard to recreate, right? A live, you know, interactive space, but there's some excellent technology out there. So that being said, your friend is on the right track. You definitely want videos to be 10, 15, 20 minutes. That's why the TED Talk is so popular. It's 20 minutes. You get one big idea in 20 minutes because the person is not going and what happens what I see is a problem in a lot of courses is someone will make an hour video and they'll litter it with all this information and so if someone's watching it while they're I don't know um, putting their makeup on that's what I do in the morning or like you know I even do it as a lot of times I'll listen to audio as I'm driving in my car you know I can't really process 30 steps like you need to give me like three big ideas and something I'm supposed to do. So the more you can chunk down into those 15 to 20 minute segments, the better. The adult brain works that way. Um, we kind of can only pay attention for about 20 minutes. And so knowing that as a professor and I teach, you know, hour and 15 minute segments, I most professors have, you know, 20 minutes of lecture and we try to incorporate an activity or some sort of response or some sort of um, pause and like ask for questions and scare and so the life out of students with random questions right? <laughs> calling on Watch people out, guys yeah. yeah so yeah your your friend is is right on that um I, I feel like there was a second part to the question um, um well i suppose as uh, with the online piece it, would you be kind of recommending you know you're not a lecturer but perhaps you're you're more of a, a yes. tutor is, is a kind of the tutor approach that this is this is practical it needs to be empirical or you, you need to be actually giving exercises or giving work yeah uh, would that be and how would you do that really how have you seen people yeah. do that um what i'm 
challenging or what I'm trying to kind of change in some of the e-courses or giving suggestions to my um, to my clients and then the blog post I'm writing up is, yeah, you need to give space for the students to practice. Um, I'm in Kimra Luna's BTBY and she's actually an she has an excellent course and she's an excellent teacher and she's a natural teacher. And I think the people, the gurus that have risen to the top and created amazing courses um, in many cases did so by accident because they're good teachers. I think everyone can turn into a teacher and there's skills to learn. Um, and a lot of people are naturals at it. Um, and so some of them do it without even, you know, having to think twice about how they explain something. Um, but the reason why I bring up Kimra is she um, sold it as an e-course, like it's a course, but it's really a group program and you're not allowed to not like, or I shouldn't say you're not allowed to. It's part of the course is being a part of a group and she keeps all the alumni that have been through the program in there. So there, we now have other experts that are not just Kimra. And so she's not, it, yes, she is seen as the kind of mother hen, right, of the whole of the yeah, whole of course, course. Yeah. But now we have, and this is a great idea, now we have people that have been through the course and can actually help guide some other people and can say, I've been where you are. You know, this is what has worked for me. And I think that that's exactly what needs to happen in all courses is the the guru needs to kind of you know, not hold themselves up on the pedestal of I have this expert knowledge, but allow and recognize that students are coming in with their own previous knowledge. That's actually like step one in education is like students come in with previous knowledge, figure out where they are and how they can use strengths and their capacity that they have now to um, help other people in the class and to build on and build connections throughout what they do know to the new stuff that they bring in. So setting up a space where other people can be seen as experts in the course is is going to real, really actually take some time off of you as the expert. Um, but it also like breaks a divide between, you know, who's seen as the the person who knows everything, they also can seem untouchable. And so a new person coming in knowing that Kimmer makes millions of dollars on a launch, I mean, she seems very untouchable, but she's in the group all the time. She's answering questions. Um, and she has, you know, now she has other people answering questions on her behalf, basically, because now they know what she knows. And so it's really like that's what education is like we're sharing the peer to peer connection has to be there. If it's missing, you know, you're not getting the best of it. Now, I think some courses, you know, maybe you could argue don't need that as much, but we are, you know, social beings. And I actually teach sociology. So that obviously is really important to me. But we learn from each other. We don't just learn from reading. We don't just learn from, you know, um, taking in information in the various ways. Like we learn by um, practicing, you know, uh, doing it with other people. And so in into courses, you need to build practice. You need to build um, the networking and the socializing. And if you think about it from a business perspective, especially if you're business to business, I mean, that's a really valuable tool when students start, you know, obviously finding other business opportunities out of who they meet in these courses as well. So the social aspect, I think, is really important. And that's something we've been speaking about, um, both myself and Paul, recently about the social aspect of what's going on at the moment. And we're looking at various other things that we'd like to pursue along with alongside uh, Content Academy. And I, here's something for you now that I'm kind of wondering about. The the advent of live streaming, uh, mm. in, ter in terms of it being so accessible with the likes of Periscope and f particularly Facebook Live, I suppose, are those elements that you would absolutely encourage people to incorporate within their courses now that it's not just a case of recording a video and having it there that you should do those live? Yeah, I mean, that's a really excellent point. And again, that's not very passive income. So we're we're challenging that idea of no, like... I, 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 yeah. Passive income to me doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Yeah. I, I don't care who you are. You you are working <laughs> yeah. your... If, if you're making big money from passive income, you're working your ass off and don't tell me otherwise. In other ways. Yeah, no, you're so right. Um, yeah. And I just don't think courses can be passive or we shouldn't call them courses or something. I don't know. And I know that's semantics, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the live. Yes, because you're showing up. People see you on the cuff like a teacher. You know, I 
you know, uh, getting asked live questions and answering spontaneously or actually also being seen as not knowing the answer, that's actually really important in the teacher-student relationship. So um, if you pre-record everything, it's like, oh, well, you're reading from a script. You're not showing any sort of vulnerability um, or like who you are as a person or, or anything like that. Um, but live streaming, if you have students sign in and like if you say you're going to live stream once a week and have open, you know, Q&A and office hours, which actually Kimra actually does. And she, you know, you can answer live questions. I mean, that it just shows she's a real person. And part of the like, I think the, um, you know, the teacher student relationship it, the more real you seem to your students and down to earth, like the more they want to, you know, impress you and do good things for you. And that that motivation is built on a relationship that you're building with somebody. So, you know, if you're seen as untouchable and seen as too smart and knowing everything, students are anxious, they get nervous, they don't they don't want to do the content, they don't want to mess up. Um, and so you're kind of, you know, showing you as a person allows them to maybe take more risks and see, you know, that, you know, nothing has to be perfect. So I think the live thing and it also shows, yeah, you're a human being who has a life and the live aspect shows that you care about them as students because you're going to show up in this course that you sold to them you know, and you made a lot of money on several months ago that you didn't give up and didn't do it just for the money. And I think that's where some people are feeling burned. I've heard many stories of people buying courses and they never see the person, even though they paid extra for a Facebook group and the person doesn't even show up in it. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, and that's yeah, and even just aside from that, part of my thinking behind the, the live aspect was the dropout rate being so high, as we said, it's it's about 96%. But if you're doing a live interactive session once a week, you could nearly shame people into turning up. <laughs> it's a case of I yeah. was there and you weren't. <laughs> I know you weren't there. And I think there could be a little bit of that as well, which may help. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it here. That If I turn up, say if I had a course and I turn up and I know I've got 20 people on this course and only 18 show up. Well, I noticed two that didn't. What's to stop me <laughs> dropping them a mail and go, listen, you missed it. Here's the yes. recording, but don't be, yeah. you know, if you really want to succeed, you've paid good money for me to teach you. I'll gladly take your money if you don't want to learn, but I'm all about teaching you. So please yes. show up. It Again, I'm just thinking about how you can increase that, that completion rate. Because after all, if you are selling a course, you want your students to get results from a, exactly. you know, <laughs> because without those results, they're not going to refer anyone else nope. and your course dies in the water. So it was just yep. a thought that maybe instead of just recording videos, I'm not saying everything has to be live, but maybe for those of you listening at home, the, the advent of Periscope, Meerkat, uh, Blab and Facebook Live are, you know, they're, they're ways you can incorporate into your courses that make you more amenable to your students but also help your students get the most because what's clear to us as people who are thought leaders or gurus which i don't really like the word but experts know, right? within our, experts <laughs> experts within our field we forget that the people don't know what we know and we think we've joined the dots clearly for them but we're basing that that's predicated on their starting point and we may have got that slightly yeah. wrong um, yep. so having that live, live aspect allows you to correct that get some feedback as well as we were saying about having a beta course but you can do that live and in real time now mm -hmm. and then it'll help you change it through so it's just something to consider and i just wanted to get your thoughts on it Lindsay. i suppose moving on from that when it comes to ma actually putting the content pen to paper or whatever way you want mm -hmm. to put it and structuring it is there any tips you would give or any glaringly obviously bad mistakes you've seen made that you think i wish people would stop doing this or this is the formula i use i i wish people would yeah um, I suppose so, just, to, just to add to that before uh -huh. you jump in if there's anybody who's maybe thinking of doing a course and maybe kind of doing their first course you know mm. what might be good for them because i guess releasing a, a year-long signature course without any previous experience I, I doubt that's recommended you'd, you'd want to mm -hmm. kind of dip the toe first I guess in the water so um, there you go you're getting like a, a treble barrel question we're so generous yeah. here at Content Academy aren't we Phil? There you go <laughs> um, yeah generous. so I can I can start with that so the idea that you know, you you want to launch a signature course right off the bat. Yeah, not advisable. Um, the best way to do it is actually create like a mini course or even a challenge because the kind of the first step 
um, is validating that the course is going to sell. The worst thing you can do is spend hours and hours and hours creating content and packaging it into a course, blah, blah, blah. And then no one watches it or no one buys it. And that's got to be, you know, so you know, just sad and damaging yeah, to crush yourself. So yeah. Absolutely. yeah. So you really want to prevent that. And so, you know, there are a couple strategies out there and I'm not, um, you know, my zone of genius genius isn't necessarily into the launching aspect of courses. I'm really into the curriculum and content as of right now. Um, but there's, you know, some schools of thought on that. I think um, there's like the boot camp strategy where you're kind of creating it as you go. Um, you could do live, you know, weekly webinars. I just helped a, a client of mine do that. She's recording live workshops and then she's going to turn around and sell it as an evergreen product when she's done. But right now it's live. And so that is only it's only four weeks. It's kind of an intro module. It's not her signature course, but she saw where her students were. She saw where her audience was and what they needed. So you, that's also what you need to do. You need to make sure that you have to find kind of the Venn diagram of your skill set, your knowledge, what you love teaching people and what is actually needed to be taught, right? Like what their pain points are of the audience that you're trying to serve. Do you have a solution for them? And if you know that, then you can start thinking, okay, what is my signature course? And if she's doing branding and Facebook marketing and, and all of that, she basically created an intro course on how to use Facebook for your business. And a lot of people need it. And she has some MLM people in there and it all depends on her audience. That's not going to be the entire program. She's, you know, but it's a module almost of, of maybe something bigger. Um, so that's a way of looking at it. Break it down to smaller chunks um, so mini courses are really popular and this is where you can do, you know, like a drip email campaign is a popular way of doing it. You want to do like a three, five, seven, 14 day kind of course that is maybe a chunk of your larger course. And, um, that's a way to show people that you know what you're doing and to get them a quick result. You want them to achieve something and you want them to finish it. And I actually think 14 day courses, depending on what you're trying to do, 14 day courses can kind of push the limit. Same with 30 day. I know a lot of people give 30 day challenges. I yeah. haven't finished a 30 day challenge in a really long time. It's just, it's just, I don't have that much effort to give to it. So it's funny question, you say that. I've just yeah. finished one. <laughs> You just finished one. What did you well, finish? Well, both of myself, both myself and Paul did a thirty-day blogging challenge that we just finished oh, nice. uh, for ourselves, just within the within our own site, within Content Academy. That was we blog a day every day for thirty days, and we managed oh, to good. complete it. So please, with us. Those, those are like habit-forming ones, and I think that can be good. Um, I think maybe some of the bigger ones, like brand yourself in fourteen days. What happens is, is people sign up for these challenges, and then just they sign up and they're not really invested, so they don't finish them. Um, and so you really wanna get somebody a result like as quickly as possible, because when they see the result, then they can turn around and, and link it to you giving them that result, which is huge. So the faster you can get them the result, the better. Um, so back to the, to the main question, I think, um, you know, where do you start when you have this, um, you know, inkling that you want to do a course. And the first thing I do with my clients is I have them do a brain dump, basically free write, open, open your mind session about things that you know, <laughs> things that you'd feel comfortable teaching, right? All the skills and knowledge you have. Um, and the best way to kind of figure out what, how long it is going to be, or, you know, how you want to break out that content, like actually end up organizing, um, is figuring out what the ultimate goal is. So in teaching, you want to start with the end result. What is the final thing or the ultimate result that you're going to give the person that comes through your course? And when you figure out what that result is, like let's say it's something as simple as, oh, I don't know, building a website. If that's what your outcome is, everything you include in your course is going to get them to that outcome. So as long as it takes to get you to that outcome is as long as the course is. So I can't really say, oh, it needs to be, you know, this long. You really want to say, okay, as long as it takes to get them the result. Yeah. That's the that's the ultimate thing. And I know that's not maybe the best answer. I, no, I well, do that's, find, that's the truth. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not looking for something that looks pretty on a postcard here. I want the truth. Um, sure. and thank you very much for that. So yeah. in terms of, I, I suppose, 
I'd have a I've, would have had a little bit of exposure to lesson plans um of a family mm. member who who was a teacher, so I kind of understand some of that. But for our audience who are looking to map out their teachings to their their clients and their uh, students, is there an ideal way in which you recommend they do that? Yeah, I and it it and I borrow from teaching, um, and I borrow from the education you know language. So this idea of having student learning outcomes is what we call them in California in the California Community College System. Uh, we say student learning learning outcomes. They're called SLOs. So it's exactly the ultimate SLO is like the course um, outcome. Like the final thing is a build your website. So now you have to kind of break that down and say, okay, what other outcomes along the way are you going to get them in order for the end to be a functioning website? So it's probably going to be something like, you know, purchase a domain, like, you know, understand how the back end works if you're doing something like WordPress, um, you know, install a theme. So you have all these like steps that we can turn into a result because when they do it, they've accomplished it. So basically what you do next after you have your larger giant outcome is you create all the mini outcomes that they're going to accomplish all along the way. And what this ends up doing, and this is why the daily lesson plan kind of works, if we turn it into a module lesson plan, um, then you have an outcome or two outcomes for each lesson. And anything that goes in that lesson has to link to that outcome. If it does not link to that outcome, it is extra information. So the biggest mistake that teachers or online entrepreneurs who are, you know, becoming teachers or teaching, the biggest thing that the mistake they may make is giving too much, too much information, and you're just bombarding um, your student, which is why they actually feel like failures, which is why they feel like they don't have enough time because you're as actually asking them to do too much. Mm. So you want to really, really, really do small, like start as micro and as small as possible, because then you can you first of all, I, you mentioned it um, in one of the earlier questions um, where I think you said something like as experts, we kind of forget where they're at. Yeah. So we call that the beginner's mind in teaching where you know, when you've been sitting so long with your knowledge, you actually forget what it was like to first start and you miss the many steps along the way. And so, um, which is why Kimmer's course and the inclusion of, of um, alumni in the process actually helps. They're closer to the beginner's mind than to, than Kimmer is. Yeah. So it's kind of just part of the way of, of how our brain works. So you just need to catch that. It's a limitation and you need to be aware that it's there. So your clients, like you want to get them to your knowledge, you need to try to remember all the steps along that process. And um, and they're really a lot smaller than you think. And the best way to figure that out, and I think the incorporation of live is a really good answer, is where are they right now? What are they missing? What are they not getting? Where are they getting stuck? Um, and so that, again, back to the like onslaught of info, if we give too much, it, it shuts us down. We don't know where to go, right? The confused mind doesn't you know, move forward kind of thing. Um, and so you, you kind of work backwards from your ultimate outcome and you make every lesson that you do have an outcome. And if there's anything extra in it, move it to a different lesson or get rid of it completely. And who knows, it may actually be a Facebook post, a live, but it doesn't have to go in your course. It's not like everything you know has to go in your course. It's only the things that the student needs to get them the outcome you want. That's the key. I love that. I, I, I think that's something that should be imprinted on, <laughs> on every course because yes, you know, complaints I've heard time and time again is that, you know, people don't like when stuff is drip fed because everyone works at a different pace. I understand uh, that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But then when you log in and everything is there and there's 16 weeks with the content go. and <laughs> okay, it says chapter one, two, three, four, five. And then you go into chapter one and there's another six points within that. And then you go into point one and there's another four steps in there. And you're kind of going, ah, here, I'm out. Good luck. I'm done. Yep, yep. You know, and that's and that's why I, I think that I, I love that aspect. And that ex that does, of course, explain the, the high dropout rate. Um, mm -hmm. I suppose we're getting tight for time. So I'm conscious of that. And I don't want to hold on to you for too much longer. And I do have one question that I ask all of our guests that I, I uh, sure. have to ask. In terms of everything you've learned over the last um well the last couple of months i suppose working with your clients and create helping them create their courses is there one thing that you picked up that you wish you knew when you started 
Ooh. Um. So what has the teacher learned? I suppose is really the question. Yeah, what has the teacher learned? Yeah, good teachers are students for life. Um, well, the one thing I've learned since working with my clients that I wish I knew when I started was the importance of networking. Um, I, I, like I, like we talked about prior to the call, but my website isn't up, but it will be up by the time you hear this. Um, I, I am building and have like, I'm booked out without having a website, without even having an opt-in or a list. Um, and that's because I really started, you know, talking with people and I didn't realize how important it was. Um, and so building relationships is, is really where our business, um, our business, that's the foundation of our business. And, you know, to tie it back to teaching, it's also the foundation of, you know, being an educator is really building relationships with the people who invest in you. So I wish I knew from the beginning how important it was, because I probably would have been doing even more of it. Um, and I would have shown up earlier. Um, but I, you know, I, I would love to reiterate, like how important building true relationships, um, giving value, um, helping each other as you start businesses is huge. Um, I've been doing a lot of trading services and stuff, and we're really helping each other get off the ground. And I think that's where entrepreneurship is actually headed is, is more towards a collective process because this individual thing, um, might not be working as much as we think. Um, so, so yeah, invest in your relationships because that's really where the business, your business will grow. Excellent stuff. There you go, folks. Get off the couch, get out, start meeting some people, start shaking some hands, kissing some, kissing some babies, as the politicians like to say, and uh, see where you end up. Paul, I'm all out of questions, my friend. What about you? Uh, I have so many more, but I think <laughs> I really, know. you know, you've you've just you've went through so much already. I won't hassle you anymore, Lindsay. And, you know, I think the one thing which resonates most is simply the fact that, um, you know, get to the point with your lessons. Don't just pad them out. Don't just fill your online course full of content because you know it or you think it's adding value. Because in the course context, my learning from this is that takes away from the value of the course. It so does. great. Yep, yeah. yep. Super stuff. So before I let you off the line, Lindsay, can you tell our audience if they wanted to drop you a tweet or send you a message where they can do so? Yeah, so I'm in Facebook um, a lot. I'm going to start live streaming a lot more as I'm mapping out my own content. Um, and so I'm on Facebook at um, backslash Lindsay M. Padilla. That's pretty much where you can find me almost anywhere. Um, also on Instagram and Periscope. Um, also Lindsay M. Padilla. I started a Facebook group that is is growing and I think it's because there's definitely a need. It's called the Teacher's Lounge for Online Creators. So if you want to kind of come in and talk all things teaching, um, instructional content, because I know there's, there's a ton of stuff I haven't finished, which is good, or I haven't gotten to talk to you guys about because that means I have some good opt-ins coming down the line. So, <laughs> and I will, the first people to get those opt-ins will be the people that are in that group. So please join us over there. We're having some fun conversations about teaching. Excellent. Um, Again, I'll make think, sure um, to have links to those in the show notes. You've an yeah. upcoming webinar, I believe, have you? Yes, I have. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, I'm I'm hosting my first kind of five day cram session. Um, as a professor, I, I teach uh, and we just finished finals. So I, I kind of call this my finals cram session. And on June 12th, on Sunday, we're actually going to host a live workshop um, to help you create your mini course in five hours. So um, with a little prep that will happen in the teacher's lounge, but uh, up until then, we'll all sit together starting, um, you know, at I think we're going to start 8 a.m. Pacific time. And for five hours, we're going to work together on our mini course. And every hour on the hour, I will have a new task for you. And it will basically by the end of it, you'll have an amazing opt in or even a, an upsell or a tripwire that you could sell um, by the end of that uh, workshop. So I will have a landing page for that to give to you guys. Yep, and we will make sure they are in today's show notes. Lindsay, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I think you'll be pleased to know I have learned plenty from today's discussion. Yay. So thank oh, you good. very much for that. And uh, I think we may have to get you back on once your site is up and running and the teacher's lounge is in full swing to see how you're getting on and what other pearls of wisdom we can pluck out of your Ooh, brain. That would be great. It was, it was really fun, guys. Thanks so much. 
And that was Lindsay Padilla from lindsaympadilla.com. And I have to say, Phil, I think you got schooled. I did get schooled. I did mm. indeed. As I hope that everyone else listening in today, I hope you got schooled and in the best way possible with knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Whip out the knowledge. It's time to get smarter. Um, it was. I thought it was really, really good. There was a, a lot of stuff that jumped out at me. Um, I suppose if we speak about the fact that, you know, like you, you mentioned that that like 96% of people don't finish their online courses. Mm-hmm. Well, they're probably not going to come and buy, buy another one off you or it's highly unlikely they will because they haven't gotten value from it. And how, you know, they're const- that's kind of like, your, you know, your, your B, C and D stream students who you're actually losing, which let's face it, that, that's a big chunk of people to, to lose as such. Um, so being able to cater to those people, I thought was quite interesting. And, and the one thing that jumped out at me and it's, it's kind of still resonating is the fact that, you know, don't put everything on the page that you know uh, about every single you know piece of that topic. You want for them to learn one. You want your, your I suppose your your reader, or your your course attendee to learn one thing from that lesson, and maybe they need to learn five steps. Well, five steps, one step, two step, however many steps it is, uh, and no waffle, no nonsense. Don't just you know you know fill it up with a lot of content for the sake of it or because you know it. Give them literally the key things that they need to actually be able to get a win under their belt Uh, and i think that was brilliant because far too often we see courses go the opposite way and i remember signing up for a course a a number of years ago and i think it was like maybe 80 videos it was maybe i don't know and you know a couple hundred hours worth of content and i thought this is brilliant all this content everything i need to know about online business it's all here and then I was just like, these videos are so boring. Half of it is waffle. I, and I never finished it, you know. Um, so that was something which, which did resonate. What about you? Was there anything else that you took away from that, Phil? Yeah, well, I mean, also looking at uh, what Lindsay called the beginner's mindset, um, that often as content creators and experts within our field, and again, I'm steering away from the word guru, which I absolutely despise, but we don't realize that, as someone who knows the topic so well that we could be kind of glossing over points that really the beginners should know and understand and are fundamental to what we're trying to teach and it's just about having that beginner's mindset and looking at it uh, from the point of view who's somebody who knows absolutely nothing obviously you're going to have people who are at different stages on their journey depending on your topic but you need to cater to the lowest the lowest common denominator, I suppose, and bring those along with you. That way you're not leaving anyone behind and you're giving them a better chance of getting to that completion. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I suppose also then was, was kind of speaking about the fact that you might have um, kind of one-to-one kind of coaching skills or, you know, that's how you might share your knowledge. Well, you can turn that into a course as well. Um, but really you know we want to teach people so some level of interaction with that group or with those students uh, is a lot more valuable and successful for everyone all around as well so that's another piece which is kind of you know don't just throw a course out there and then never be seen again if you can have some sort of engagement that will actually help everybody must and this is again we spoke this this kind of passive income idea there's no such thing. There is no such thing as passive income as far as I'm concerned. You are working your butt off to get that together. Show up, be there, be present and help them get results. At the end of the day, if you're creating a course and people are getting tangible results from that course, they're going to sing your praises. They're going to share their journey with other people and they're going to tell them that they need to come and check out what you're doing. It's all about word of mouth and getting people to that end goal. Whereas you've never actually heard anyone say, Oh yeah, I bought a co- bought a course and uh, I didn't finish it, but it's really good. You should try and do it. That's just not going to happen. And showing up and being there consistently and helping your students get to the end goal. And we spoke about student student learning objectives for each kind of module or course or whatever way you want to break it down. And then I asked Lindsay about also maybe showing up live and a way and as a way of almost shaming people into turning up because you once you're there live, your students are there live. You'll know who's there and who's not there. And maybe shaming them into taking some more action might be a great way of getting some results for them. Yeah, um, I'm not too sure how I feel about that, but I can see the the motivation <laughs> behind it. You know, well, it's not so much that you're um, going to shame them. Maybe I should just clarify a little bit. It's it's more that when they know you're showing up live, 
they're more likely to show up live because there's yeah. that element of oh god if I don't they'll know I wasn't there yeah exactly that's yeah, what yeah. I mean and they'll know that I'm not serious for this, you know, and and that's interesting because I have seen a number of, you know, people when they're launching online courses explain that, well, you need to make yourself available. You need to be available over these dates because these are when the kind of the key teachings are happening. And I actually remember having to pull out of one course because I was like, you know what, I, I can't commit to those dates. I It's it's hit and miss. Uh, and so I, I didn't go on it. Uh, and in fairness, like, you know, someone else got the spot uh, and they obviously benefit because they, they would be able to commit the time. So, um, which is interesting because at the end of the day, you know, we're here to help people. Um, yes, there, there can be money made along the line when you're making courses and, and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, the key thing is to help and, and do things in the right way. Uh, it's much, much easier to go, here's a course, you know, whatever, record a few videos, uh, and a bit of content, and then just forget about it and move on. Uh, and I think really to have, you know, long sustaining success, that is definitely not the right way to go about it. I know, Phil, you've been really preaching this message, I dare say, for the last kind of, well, many, many years nearly now, but the last couple of months or so, it's, it's kind of resurfaced again. Um, but having said all that, you know, how you do things is really the, the is really important, and I think if you do things the right way, you'll have longevity, and ultimately, that's probably more valuable than kind of maybe you know a quick you know sale or a quick product launch, which gets you short term success, but then not a whole lot else after that. Now, saying that, Lindsay does have a webinar coming up, um, so there are details of that in the in the show notes, which I would say encourage 12th you to sign June, up for 12th that. Twelfth of June, I think it is. Yes, yeah. Um, that I so look, that's, that's going to be cool. Yeah, that's going to be. That's if you're listening very, to this when cool. it goes live, of course, folks. If you're listening after that, well, boo, you've missed it. But uh, this is the second of June as we go live. So ten days from now, you will uh, be able to join Lindsay on her webinar, and she's going to spend five hours uh, live online with you to help you create a mini course in five hours so if you're looking for a mini course or maybe you want to improve even your opt-in as Lindsay was saying go ahead and join her and you will guaranteed results there to get that done within that five hours because i honestly believe Lindsay is going to be the person to push you along and give you all the teaching actions that you need to get stuff done and get either your mini course or indeed if you just wanted a fresh opt-in but uh, i would strongly recommend you go and check that out in the link in the show notes today it is episode 33 so that's content.academy forward slash episode 33 for all the show notes links to Lindsay's webinar her facebook page her website and everything else in between but from me i will say adieu uh, and i will see you later thank you very much for listening guys 